Luke chapter 11. Start with chapter 1 and read through verse 13, but our, our, our sermon focus will be verses 5 through 13. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I will have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give it, give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we continue to learn from you about prayer, help us, Lord, to listen carefully, to apply uh, these, these words from your scripture pointedly, and, and do this, we pray, by illumining our hearts, enlightening our minds by your Holy Spirit. Draw us near to Christ, we pray. Show us the glories of heaven and the glories of the privileges we have in prayer. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. That was the plea of those disciples who wanted to learn from Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. They saw Jesus on this long journey. Remember, he's, he's headed to Jerusalem to suffer and die. But on the way, they're learning central lessons about discipleship. And one of those central lessons is prayer. They see Jesus postured in prayer, and there is something so striking, something so powerful about Jesus' posture in prayer that they just have to ask, Lord, teach us how to do that. Teach us how to talk with God like that. And that's our prayer, too. That should be our request to Jesus this morning. Teach us to pray, dear Savior. Because we've learned 
We heard last week that talking about prayer can be overwhelming. We can be reminded of our prayerlessness, our uh, struggles in prayer. But, once again, I just want to encourage you. I want, I want you to know that, just like last week, this week as well, I want you to walk away encouraged and equipped to pray. Not overwhelmed by the duties of, of your prayer life. Um, and we're going to do that by listening once again to Jesus as he teaches us how to pray. What did we learn two weeks ago when we last looked at the, the verses 1 through 4 in this passage? We learned that the master of prayer gives us a model for prayer. And that model is none other than the famous Lord's Prayer. What did we learn? We learned that prayer is simple. So simple that this, this prayer, this Lord's Prayer, gives us a basic outline for all of our prayers. We don't have to wonder uh, what do I pray for? How do I start? Jesus teaches us. Start our Father who art in heaven. And, and we continue through the petitions or requests of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but not only that, prayer is a privilege because we don't come to prayer as a burden or a boring duty. We come to prayer in conversation with God. Our Father, Abba. And then as we come praying simple words to a loving father. Prayer also involves priorities. And what are those priorities? They are we come not just with a laundry list of concerns, not to God, you know, as if he were a therapist uh, and we were sitting on a sofa airing our dirty laundry. No, we pray about God's kingdom, his rule and his reign on earth. And we pray also for our daily needs, for provision, for pardon, for protection. And so Jesus has given us this model which shows us the kind of things we should be praying for. The ABCs of prayer, if you will. But there's something else that we need to know about prayer. There's something that Jesus goes on to tell us, and it's this. We need to know how we posture ourselves in prayer. How boldly can we make our requests? Is there such a thing as going too far, being too persistent when we come to our Father? What, and, and as we do come to our Father, what should we expect? What should we expect as we raise these requests? So Jesus wants to fill in these key questions regarding prayer. And this is what I want us to see. This is what this text draws us to see. That the master of prayer calls you to persistent prayer. First, we see this point as it unfolds in verses 5 through 8. What does Jesus tell you about prayer? He tells you to ask persistently. When you bring your request to your heavenly Father, do it with the boldness, the confidence of a persevering faith. And Jesus helps us to grasp this point through a parable. A really clever parable. A parable of the friend at midnight. And I want us to uh, really let this sink in. I want to tell a first street version of this beautiful parable. <clears throat> so it's midnight and you're deep asleep. After a long day of work, taking care of the kids. And suddenly... 
a knocking on your front door wakes you up from your deep slumber and you stumble over your window who could it be? You peek out the window and look down and who else could it be? Lo and behold, it is Jeremy Geesling standing on your porch, pounding away at your front door. You say, Jeremy, do you know what time it is? It's the middle of the night. What on earth do you want? He said, I'm so glad you're awake. Um, look, we just had some guests arrive in town and... Uh, Tracy sent me out to get snacks, but all the stores are closed. I don't know why they're closed, but can you help me out? Can you believe the audacity of this guy? Showing up at your porch and uh, midnight knocking on your door, you say, look, Jeremy, the whole family's asleep. Go home. I'll call you in the morning. But Jeremy won't give up. The knocking becomes more and more persistent and urgent. And uh, now every few seconds, he's ringing the doorbell too. Knock, 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 ding, ding, knock, ding. And, and you see your family start to wrestle in their sleep. So what do you do? Well, you do the fastest thing to get that guy off your front porch. You give him what he's asking for. You unlock the door, toss a bunch of snacks in his arm, and... Off he goes. So what happened? He was so persistent with his asking. You just couldn't ignore him. And that's the key that we see in this parable. We see it in verse 8. Yet because of this man's impudence, that's a word that uh, it, it means shamelessness, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And you know the kind of neighbors who have that shamelessness about them. Right? There's like no boundaries at all. They'll cross all sorts of social lines to get what they want. Uh, asking for you uh, to, to take care of their sick dog um, while, while they're on vacation. Uh, you know, inviting themselves over to cookouts. These sorts of things. And what do you do? You have to say yes. Well, what does this story, this parable teach us about prayer? Here's the point. Jesus wants you to pray with this same kind of shameless persistence. He wants that to be the posture and tone of your, your prayer life. And look at verse 9 where he lays this out. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. You need to see two things about what, what, what this tells us about the kind of way we should pray. First, Jesus is telling us to pray with boldness. Asking persistently means praying with boldness. Because each of these words, asking, seeking, knocking, they, they take the intensity up a notch. Asking is polite enough. You could call up your neighbor on the phone and ask for ingredients for a recipe. That's not, not you know, it's, it's a bit intrusive, but, but seeking takes it to a, a whole new level. It's like going up to your neighbor's fence, peeking over to see if they're there uh, because you need to ask them a question. You're looking, peeking through their window and then knocking. It's all, that is outright bold. Marching right up to their front porch, knocking hard on that door and asking them, hey, I saw that the football game's on. 
can I come in? Right? Have you ever thought of prayer like that? Has that ever been a way you've thought of prayer? You know, normally, when I think of prayer, I think, I need to be careful. This is a polite request. This is a polite... But that's not how Scripture describes prayer. That's not how Jesus describes prayer here. And it's not what we just saw in the Lord's Prayer. What did we just see? We heard commands. Lord, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Don't lead us into temptation. There is a persistence, a confidence that runs through the Lord's Prayer. It just doesn't give up. It's bold. It's laying claim to the promises that God's given us in his word. You can almost say it's, it's like Jacob wrestling with God. Lord, bless me. Give me your blessings. You've promised them. I need them. And so we pray with boldness, but there's more. Because Jesus is asking us to pray continually, persistently. Notice that each of these words, asking, seeking, knocking, they're all in the present tense. It's almost like this. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Just like that neighbor who stands on your door knocking away in the middle of the night. That's how, that's how we're supposed to be when we come to our Father in prayer. And do it. Jesus says, bring these requests to God and then don't stop do it again and again and again as you wait to hear God's response. So here's the key. Prayer isn't a polite suggestion to God. Prayer is an audacious request for God to, to give you what he's promised in his word. And I think we do need to, to notice that what Jesus is asking, it will be given you. Um, we need to remember the context. This isn't, you go, you ask for, you know, a, a new Ferrari. That's, that, that you're going to get one. It's going to be in your, you know, your parking lot the next day. No, Jesus has just told us the kind of things that God invites us to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. For his kingdom. For our daily needs. Those are the kinds of things that when we come to God, asking persistently, asking boldly, We have this promise, ask and it will be given to you. Bold prayer, persistent, continual prayer. We have to ask, is this the way we pray? Is this the way you pray? Do you approach God with an audacious kind of boldness, persistence? I'd suggest what we actually find is something often very different. I'd suggest that we find that our prayers are weak. Think of all the times that we water down our prayers with ifs and mights and woulds. Lord, if your will would be to bring my friend to salvation, would you do that? I do that all the time. But uh, this, this passage has been convicting because I think, I think that the kind of tone that Jesus invites us uh, to uh, to come to our prayers with this is actually more of a boldness. Lord, bring my friend to know you. Give him salvation. Give her an enlightened mind. 
Sometimes our prayers are more like a light tapping instead of a knocking on the door of, of God's kingdom. And I'd suggest that our prayers are often also not only weak but infrequent. So often we pray just out of a sudden desperation. It just gets so bad enough that all you can feel to do is pray. You're so stressed out by an argument with your spouse that, Lord, help me out here. You're feeling guilty over a sin that uh, has just been building and building. And then, so finally you say, Lord, help me stop. You don't have that persistent day in, day out, approaching the throne of grace and prayer. Sometimes we get even discouraged when our prayers aren't answered right away. They seem to be just hitting the ceiling. Say, where are you, God? And then we give up. We stop praying. We lose that persistence. Our prayers become more like a ding-dong ditch than a persistent asking, seeking, knocking. Well, I want to give you an encouragement, friends, as, as you think about asking persistently in prayer. And this is the encouragement. Remember the reason for the boldness that you have in prayer. Why is it that you can have this confidence, this shamelessness as we approach the king of the universe? I think it's this, that Christ's work has opened the door of access for us to the Father. That's the grounds for our boldness. We come to the Father with persistence in prayer because Jesus the very Lamb of God is persistent, is persistently interceding for us. There is no point that Jesus says, I'm going to take a break for my intercession and prayer for my beloved. No, he is at the Father's right hand at every moment advocating for us. So there is at no point that we should stop coming boldly, persevering, before the throne of grace. And because of what Christ has done, this passage gives us another promise, and it's this. We ask persistently, but as we do, we expect a generous response. That's the second point, final point I want to make. We ask persistently, but then we expect a generous response, verses 9 through 13. Did you notice a huge glaring difference between the privilege that we have in prayer and the kind of uh, the situation in our parable. Notice the big difference? Here's the difference. We don't bring our request to a grumpy friend at midnight. God is unlike the man in the parable who hears his friend knocking on the door because when we pray, we don't have to wake God up. Psalm 121.4, the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's always ready to hear your prayer. And then when we pray, we don't have to force God into fulfilling our requests. We don't have to coerce him. Make him tired of us. No. Why is that? It's because he's our father. And as our father, he loves to shower us with good gifts. That's 
the point of this second parable. Parable of fish, serpent, the egg, and the scorpion. Verse 11, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? That's a great question. What kind of dad would hand his daughter a plate full of wriggling snakes instead of a second helping of fish? What kind of dad would give his son a scorpion when he asked for an egg for breakfast? You can also almost picture this. Dad, I'm hungry. Give me an egg. His dad hands him an egg. He lifts it up to his face. Suddenly, the egg starts moving. A tiny little tail comes up. A venomous stinger. You see it? That's more like a horror movie. I mean, this is... uh, Let's answer the question. What kind of dad would do that? Like, none that I know of. Even the most crooked dads I know work overtime sometimes for, to give their kids Christmas gifts. Uh, they'll, they'll be horrible to their, you know, their, their friends and, and their, their spouse, but, but if their son asks, some, usually that's a different story. Um, Jesus, I think Jesus nails it here. If evil men want to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the best gifts, the best gifts to you when when all you do is ask? Romans 8.30 says this, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God loves to give good gifts to you. And this is a real encouragement for us when it feels like our prayers aren't being answered. Season after season of praying the same thing feels like God is ignoring you. Brothers and sisters, know that your asking, your seeking, your knocking is not in vain. Your father responds to persistent prayer. That's he, He's... In his power, his purpose, he has he's, uh, worked that dynamic into his great plan that your persistence would be answered. That's what this passage says. And so when you're asking, seeking, knocking, and you don't hear a response, you might, you might consider. You might notice that this passage never prays that you'll get exactly what you asked for in the way you asked for it. Maybe you say, Lord, end my suffering. Give me relief from my suffering. But it doesn't seem to be happening. Could it be that your father knows that if he answers your prayer the exact way that you want it, that he would be giving you a scorpion rather than an egg? Could it be that he sees what is best for you and that he knows that that what he is giving you in response to your prayer is far better than you could ever think to ask. And that one day, every one of your prayers asked out of the, in the will of the Father will be answered. You will find relief from your suffering. I, w- I want to encourage you that our prayers do find an answer from the God of grace who showers you with gifts even better gifts than we sometimes imagine, even better timing than we sometimes consider. 
And in fact, God just doesn't give us good gifts. He gives us the ultimate gift. He gives you the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 13. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I read that, and I was surprised. It's not what I was expecting. Where did the Holy Spirit come into this? You know, we, we, that was a sudden, uh, you know, sudden focus on the Holy Spirit on Jesus' part. But uh, we need to ask, why is the Holy Spirit such a great gift? Why is he the ultimate gift? Here's the reason. The Holy Spirit is God himself come to dwell within us, and to fulfill every part of the Lord's prayer for his glory on our behalf. It's the Spirit who ushers in the kingdom of God with power. Your kingdom come, Lord. We pray that. What does he do? Sends the Spirit to to change hearts, to conform us to the image of his Son, to save souls. The Holy Spirit is bringing God's kingdom with power. It's the Holy Spirit who feeds us our daily bread, even the bread of life from heaven. It's the Holy Spirit who showers us with forgiveness found in Jesus, applies that forgiveness to our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit who delivers us from the evil one, who gives us the power to have victory over sin. Every petition of the Lord's Prayer finds its fulfillment in the Holy Spirit. We ask persistently. We expect a generous response. So brothers and sisters, have you asked? Have you sought? Have you knocked? Ask this morning for the Holy Spirit. And God, he graciously and generously gives himself. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do ask for the Holy Spirit, that you would send yourself into our hearts as we know you have already done as we, as we look by faith in Christ. But give us even more and more of that glorious fulfillment. And we pray, Lord, that we would, we would pray, that we would be encouraged to pray, that this time in your word would leave us equipped to pray and that your kingdom would advance because of it. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.